It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. Already to episode 71 and available, as you know, in hardcover and paperback and, of course, in audiobook as well. Uh, welcome back, Stevie. It's been a couple of weeks I would since you've been the in the same, studio. I would say the same to you. Well, no, I, I, I've been in the studio. There's a couple of days off for the 4th of July weekend. For those that are hearing this podcast, we are coming to you just the days following. But I was here. I haven't seen you, I don't believe, in like three weeks. You've been, tra- you've been, been traveling the globe. We've been doing lots of stuff. Like, you know, uh, June is Father's Day and... You know, my birthday, mm-hmm. so I'm still like, you know, a little kid. I like to celebrate. So, right. you know, we did uh, some good stuff, played some golf, um, had some, you know, good times. We took the week off. We didn't do a right. podcast. That's what I meant. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen you So, that uh, I know you've been traveling. You yeah. were in Vegas. Yeah. You know, with all of the UFC you know, fight hobnobbing week. with the stars. Yeah. Earthquakes, five stories underground. That's always fun. That's pretty cool. That's always fun, too. Ken, if you could turn my mic down just a touch, I'd appreciate that. So Thank what's so interesting is that, and I said this in my daily huddle that I do with, with my teams, mm-hmm. uh, you know, July is the start of the second half of the year. Right. Great teams go in the locker room mm-hmm. at halftime. Mm-hmm. Make adjustments. Make adjustments. Come out and, you know, readjust, play the game in a different way. And this is the first one of our second half. And what a guest to have for the second half. Perfect. That's why I teed it up that way. the counter year, if you say so. She is the market manager of ESPN West Palm, which incorporates Spanish and English broadcast radio, the digital aspects, the television of NBC's affiliate WPTV, (laughs) the television affiliate of WFLX on the Fox side. And she happens to be a young woman that did this each step of the way uh, into rare air, into a space that very few women occupy, and that is running the market of all of those ESPN entities. She is Stephanie Prince, and she's also, uh, by the way, she's also my Monday through Friday boss. So if I seem uh, cool. so, if I, so if I seem nicer during this episode than I normally do to your guests, you'll understand why. <laughs> she's actually my boss too. She's actually so. she's actually your boss as well, <laughs> Stephanie. So uh, we should begin where you normally begin, and that is at the begin. Um, you're a Florida State grad, but you were always a sports fan. I am, and I was, and I am. And in college, you probably didn't imagine that this is where you would wind up some decade or what it's been since. But um, there had to be a goal at some point. What was that in college initially? Was it always sales and marketing or no? Um, so I was in college. I don't even know. I started in 2001. So back then, really, everyone was just kind of like going to business. That mm-hmm. was kind of the thing that everyone sort of told you when you really didn't know what you sort of wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I liked the advertising aspect. So I went into business school um, at Florida State and I graduated, actually stayed there an extra year to get a master's. Not because I really wanted the masters, because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I wanted to further explore that. And, you know, I don't think I was really ready for, you know, the real world. I wanted another football season. Oh, I was, was going to say, let's yeah. be honest with this. You weren't, you weren't <laughs> like, let's further my another education. No. Yeah, you, weren't, you weren't, let's further yeah. my education. Uh, you were thinking the idea of, hey, how can I avoid going home and just stay here in college and enjoy myself a little bit? Yeah. yeah. You know, earn some extra cash. Yeah. You know, I worked at a sports bar, go to some more games. You know, and then, you know, learn on the side. Well, it's funny that uh, Gary V talks about this all the time. Why is there an expectation that at 22, 
you need to have your life figured out. Right. right. He goes, you know, at 59, you can still figure out your mm-hmm. life. And so, you know, that's pretty relevant to where yeah. your head was, and that's okay. For decades, I've been telling people what's important to you at 19 is vastly different than what will be important to you at 22, which is vastly important than at 25. And if you don't believe me that your tastes and what it is that you want and choose differ, take a look at school photos of yourself. Crazy. Go look in your closet. The stuff that you chose to no, wear, <laughs> the stuff that you chose to wear for your senior picture, the stuff you chose to wear for your sophomore year of college. <laughs> it reminds you that what you wanted and what you believed and what you identified with changed Wait drastically. Wait a minute, you mean like an afro and puka beads and <laughs> huckapoo shirts? Puka shells? Did you, you, you seem like the kind of guy that wore puka shells. And by that I, I mean until fan. like a year ago. I wore, <laughs> I wore every fad. I was into clogs. I was into oh my the stupidest God. thing ever, wearing wooden yeah, shoes. Yeah, shoes. Yeah. Like a Dutch boy. <laughs> like, hello. Stephanie, so at what point did you realize, you know what, I'm going to pursue a career in uh, sports marketing slash advertising and uh, and I'm going to make this just the path. It, what what brings that? So I moved from Florida State when I when I graduated. I moved to Atlanta. I had an internship up there. My uncle lived up there, so he kind of hooked me up. I worked at an advertising agency at that point. I didn't even know that. Everyone cool. wanted to kind of you know I thought it was cool, hip to work well, in Atlanta an ad agency. Was a cool town. You know that sort a cool of thing. Town. Mm-hmm. It was miserable. I was an assistant. All I did was FedEx and spreadsheets. And I said, I have a master's degree. There has to be something better on the other side of this than what I'm doing. Um, you know, I, I created a group of friends there. And um, I, I met this guy who was in radio. And he said he was in, quote, unquote, acquisitions. I had no idea what that meant at the time. But he then put me in touch with a couple people in radio um, in West Palm because I was looking to move here. My boyfriend at the time was here so i was uh, like all right guy, you know let's follow. let's figure this out i'm gonna go into radio i hate my job in atlanta so you were thinking job more than career yeah and i kind of like let, let me just get a job and then so i kind of researched everything and meanwhile this guy was cool he got me justin timberlake tickets like front row so i was like oh radio has to be exciting yeah. if i can get in front row be. justin yeah. timberlake <laughs> yeah so i looked in radio i saw that there was actually a sports station in west palm i always loved sports i played so I said, sure, let me just apply, you know? So I just sent, you know, well, along with... You were a soccer player, right? I played soccer uh-huh. and I figure skated. Didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so the soccer mentality obviously is one of teamwork and patience because soccer is not a high scoring game and you have to wait no. for things to develop, et cetera. Um, so entering sports and sports advertising, sports marketing with good comma brands in its infancy, really. I mean, the company yeah. had only been a couple of years old, right? Yeah. I mean, they were only here for maybe three years, mm-hmm. I think. When yeah. I applied, we were in a small office that was i sat in an office with four different people that was in your office in my office wow. which it wasn't my office it was just a room that four people it was, sat in it was, you know? it was it was the office yeah exactly Not your office yeah the right. office um so i ended up getting hired after you know numerous different conversations with um steve paulette who's now still my boss um and this is about 12 years ago and wow. you know the only position open was sales and at that point i hated sales. I didn't think I wanted to go into it. And that was one of the reasons why I stayed at Florida State to do advertising because I thought that I would have to go into sales. So Mm. I came down and I was like, all right, I'll try the sales thing out and see what happens. And what did you hate most about sales? Because a lot of folks um, hate to ask for money and they hate the idea of being hung up on and they hate the idea of being turned away, turned down. Which are actually old stereotypes of what salespeople but there were. Is so that was in people's brains. Words elicit, right, emotional response. And when someone says sales, there's one of two ways. Either people see opportunity and excitement, right. or they see the fear of rejection, right. looking dumb, feeling dumb, and feeling mistreated and less than. 
when you call and the gatekeeper says, no, thank you, and you get shut down and you feel that frustration, like, why am I not valued as a human being? So what was the preconceived notion? Because, I mean, right now you're sales boss, right? Yeah. I mean, you're the boss of bosses. Yes. Yeah. So, so something changed in your perception versus the reality. I mean, my perception of sales was you were that annoying, aggressive kind of, you know, typical used car. That was not Like me. Steve in the 90s. Like yeah. Steve in the 90s. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? That's what people were taught. Mm-hmm. Right. They were taught run and gun and keep going and bother the shit out of people until they, you, you know, you win. Right. Uh, uncle, I mean, you know, so right. that stereotype was not, you know, that's what people thought. That's what your parents thought. That's what buyers thought mm-hmm. they thought that's what sales was that's so it's what it not was uncommon right. to hear somebody do that it's breaking into it when you realize the other side of it is like okay so stephanie was it just actually doing the sales aspect or was it the culture of the company you joined because i work with gkb you work with gkb uh steve now uh works also has aligned his brand with gkb and it is a cultural difference that is online. And I don't say this because, um, you know, I receive a check twice a month from this company. I know, the, I know it the difference. Well, no, no. <laughs> but, but I know the difference because I've been with those big conglomerate oh, yes. corporations. That, so do you think maybe it was culturally what changed your idea and perception as much as anything else? Yeah. I mean, it was a little different than what I had anticipated, right? And I was allowed to be creative. I was allowed to do more things. And when they told me about the company and what it was all about... They actually stood true to that, right? I think a lot of people, and in an interview, you're both interviewing each other, right? Like I'm interviewing to see if I really want to work here, so I have to be sold on the business, and then you, you know, I have to sell them on me. Well said, right? Look at it. So they stay true to what they said their company was all about, and it was in the practice, in the procedure that you know everything was just honest and it was true, and it wasn't the aggressive atmosphere. There was a lot of different personalities. And you kind of played to your strengths and whatever worked for you worked for you. Mm. So that's really what I sort of learned. And I loved the creative aspect of it. So that's what I hung my hat on. I felt like I was a little bit more creative than, you know, other people. So I came up with these out of the box, crazy ideas, and I would present them to people and they would like them. I also, at the same time, you know, I always had in me that I had to work hard. It was always something in me. It was probably from sports and, you know, like just sports is a great analogy. There's work ethic. You don't get the results right. without putting in the time. There's no right. shortcuts to greatness. Right, exactly. No. Right. You, you can win the Powerball by being lucky and in line at the gas station and become a multi-multi-millionaire, and that's great and all. But success generally is derived specifically from the work and effort put in. Right. It, right the old, and you cannot the teach work ethic. Get. You can't teach it. That's something that you inherently either get or you don't get. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the most talented people without work ethic usually fail. Right. You know, it's the ones that, you know, who have unbelievable drive, unbelievable work ethic that can learn the skill. Yeah. So you didn't know how to be a salesperson, no. which was actually an advantage right. to you. Right. No bad habits. Looking back, right. yeah, no bad no. habits. Right. 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 From, right. From clean. And that's, you know, they groomed me into what the sales culture is here today versus, you know, just kind of letting me go. Oh, there I is know. micromanagement. <laughs> and know. you know that because I, I sit there and every week we go over things and, you know, so we that, coach each other. That should probably be explained to some degree or to reset at least. So, Steve, you've taken on a role um, in conjunction with ESPN West Palm with Good Comma Brands. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, when I first moved to Palm What's the Beach, title again that you... Uh, uh, Chief Relationship Officer. Relationship yep. Officer. And when, when I first came to Palm Beach, it was sort of a, a light relationship. I got introduced to Steve. Mm-hmm. He kind of told me about what they were doing here. Sounded pretty interesting. I met people in the marketplace that knew Stephanie and knew Steve, mm-hmm. spoke very highly of them. Great. Okay. 
Well, when it came time to sort of, you know, maybe create an opportunity, they shared the culture with me. And to your point, I was like, come on. Yeah. You can talk about this stuff, but it's not really like, oh, we're a family. Oh, you know, we all support each other. And a lot of the people are homegrown. They have an unbelievable intern program here. And I was like, it sounds great. Rhetoric. It sounds great. (laughs) It sounds sounds great. But the surprise is that you come to find out that it's real. Well, well, so when you see somebody like Stephanie who has gone through the ranks and you say true to their word, that opportunity existed day one. They say to everybody, listen, the sky is the limit. You can move through the ranks. We'll help you do that. So they provide lots of education, lots of training, the entire organization. I've traveled to other offices. They're all the same. So the, in, in her eyes, what I, what I saw was that there really is no female male thing here. It's like everybody's equal. Mm-hmm. Well, and- your generation is the last of the generation that's still fine to some degree. It's strange or unique that a woman is in the role. In the po- like my, my entire life, since I was in, you know, in 10th grade, I've, I've had female bosses 80% of the time. I did not. I've always been. And it never, I never viewed it differently. I never thought it strange or unique in any capacity. But yours is that less because when you, you're, when you were little kids, right. your, your dads were madmen. They, they, when they, we, they were Don they, Draper, and they, they right. were that They generation. were drinking martinis. They weren't doing... But, they but were when we office. started working together, one of the things I addressed right up front is I said, listen, you need to manage me like I work for you. Mm-hmm. You cool with that? And she's great at it. I mean, I'm not an easy guy to manage. But, but we... <laughs> have any thoughts on that? Well, you know. <laughs> You'd agree no, with that? Steve's, Steve's great. Steve's great. You know, you just got to kind of rein him in sometimes. So the culture, you know, you... You did you have to change and adapt to the culture? Or was it always inside of you? Because it feels like from someone who's been involved with this company since two thousand, since January first, two thousand thirteen. Um, if it's not in you, this isn't really for you. If it's already in you, you can unlock it. Yeah, I. You're totally right. Like we cannot take someone that has like all this experience and all this different culture and different ways and make them adapt to who we are. It's not in you. You have, it has to be in you and you have to be okay with being coached and learning it and believing in it. Right. The number one thing is believe in it Mm -hmm. because if you don't believe in it, it's fake. Like it's not going to work. Right. So if you truly believe in it and that's why our interview process has evolved over time, I didn't go through this one, but Steve's son went through it and can attest to it. It's a crazy, vigorous interview process because we want to vet out, do you really want it? Because if you don't want it and you can show an inkling of not wanting it, it's probably eventually not going to work. I've had one day of tension in the studio at ESPN West Palm in seven years of doing shows, my show, variations. One day that there was, I used to have five days a week with another big company. Because one thing that I said, and Ken LeVick, who produces his podcast, knows, because Ken's with me every hey, Ken, day, that he's not traveling with FAU, in. that he's not traveling with FAU doing basketball or football. Ken knows nobody in the room and no one in this building, and when I say the building, the ESPN West Palm, wants somebody else's job. Part of why this works so well is nobody is envious of the other and thinks they can do right, that better right, then. Right. Because when you have someone who's secretly in sales, but really they want to have this job or that job, then they are going to sabotage or self-sabotage. And and tell me if I'm crazy, Stephanie, but part of the overall culture and success here at ESPN West Palm is the fact that people just want to do that. It's the old Patriot way, right? To do your job. And they're happy to do that. The tackle isn't like, let's play Fumbarooski so I can run in for a touchdown. Like, I'm just going to block the hell out of my guy. No, yeah, we all work together. So when I first started getting in the sales process, 
you know, the way I managed my salespeople was a little bit more aggressive, to, to right. say the least. And like, the, okay, good, we'll meet. We're going to develop a relationship. We're going to do this whole thing. And I'm like, all right, come on. Are we ready to ask for the sale yet? And no. you know what? No. no. And they go, this is our way. And so what was fascinating to me is not only does it work, there's very little turnover throughout mm. the entire organization. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest challenges for sales leaders is turnover. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you bring in good people and churn them out really fast. And you invest in them. Correct. You invest time the and effort. The cost of that, right. for people listening to this, the cost of that is astronomical. Mm-hmm. You don't know what lost opportunities you've had, lost time and whatever. So this whole arduous process of you know finding the right people is almost the same process they have about creating partnerships. Mm. They're not just like, just because you want to market yourself through ESPN, the sort of the same philosophy of we're interviewing, interviewing you and That's you're interviewing point. us. Yeah. I've seen it happen. It's yeah. been great. And the partners that come on board stay. You know, mm-hmm. they love it. They get what they want and more. So it's really this, you know, like the picnic we just had was just so great. It was 150 degrees <laughs> yeah. yeah. Y'all had a picnic? Our team party. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I don't yes. know where you were, but. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. unavailable. I thought you were yeah. unavailable. Right? I, had a, I had a medical <laughs> issue, but it looks like I'm going to live. So bad news for the rest of you guys. Sorry. Yeah. So. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. The last time I saw you was at the Boca Bowl luncheon. That's exactly right. Wow. Yes. And there was something that was not right. It's, well, it's right. You know, I mean, it's fine now. Good. But, uh, you know, at the point. So anyway, I digress. Let's get back onto the uh, idea of now being a woman who's entering the second edition of the Roaring Twenties, because we talked about the Twenties and now there's a different set of Twenties in 2020. And it's not that unique and it's not that unusual for a woman to be the boss, whether it be Facebook or eBay or major corporations like Dick Sporting Goods. But here you are in a local regional sense. And you are, I would imagine, often underestimated by individuals that think, well, you must be something high ranking, but to be the boss of bosses, where then they suddenly change the way they view you and the way that they speak to you. Yeah, I mean... I am not this like person that's out there and telling saying, Hey, I'm the boss. I'm in charge. You know, I'm very unassuming. I kind of like sit back. I don't really, you know, give a lot of PR to myself, myself. I don't. And so I don't really go in with this, like, Hey, I'm the boss. You got to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Right now when I meet people and they don't know me and I'm just introduced as Stephanie or, you know, here, this is Stephanie, you know, I'm telling people that, when I'm first introduced, if it's a salesperson bringing me on a call, they should tell what my title is and explain what I do because it's going to make it that much more powerful for these people to meet me. Otherwise, they right. just think, hey, I'm this girl. Hey, whatever. I might be a sales manager. No big just deal. Just this girl. And when they realize that like, yeah, I might be in charge of a couple things here and there and I might be important. Yeah, their tone changes. Does it bother you, know? you or motivate you to be underestimated? Or I both. Or both. You can do both. I like to be underestimated a little bit because I don't want to show all my cars at once. I don't see it coming. Yeah, I want to be, I want to impress them. I want them to think like, hey, you know, this isn't, you know, a big deal or whatever. And then I want to impress them and be like, whoa, like she knows her stuff or she's actually legit or this is credible. Like I believe in what she's saying and I'm impressed with what she's doing and her team is doing. Outside of business, outside of a business, a meeting, a discussion, whatnot with potential or current partners. Um, does it not bother you that people suddenly want to be nicer to you or show you more respect because you're higher ranking on the food chain? Because it bothers the shit out of me. I don't blame you. Yeah, you know, 
And by the way, that's yeah. just the second time I've ever cussed on your podcast. I love but it. But I want to do it because shit, the boss shit, is shit, here. Shit, shit. I, w- I wanted to do it in front of the boss here <laughs> so she would maybe forget and think we we're on the radio and make her nervous for a second. But it b- does. It bothers the it bothers <laughs> the shit out of me when somebody wants to be nicer and treat with more respect. But that's human nature. That's not just sales. No, that's no, it is human nature. nature. People suck up all the time. Oh, you're the manager of the restaurant? Oh, okay. But you you're know. a young, blonde, blue-eyed. Correct. That's a, another step. It, it, right. right. So, I mean, there's got to be an aspect where you're a little bit, oh, Oh, okay, so now I've got your attention. I mean, look, it yeah, it happens, but like at the same time, then I see your true colors. I know that then you don't really care about getting point. to know me. It's a great point. I know that you're just using me, right? Or that yeah. you just need me for something. Yeah. And fine, I'll need you for something, and like little, your money. Little do you know? they know that she goes home to three kids, mm-hmm. which yeah. I was on vacation. Well, four if you count the husband. <laughs> right. Yeah. Actually, right. He might be the biggest baby. <laughs> yeah. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but the I was at uh, the Breakers for the uh, for my birthday weekend and we ran into them and she's got arms full and I'm going wow man so not only, twins, not only is she working here yeah she works there I mean she's got a team at home she's got to manage yeah. so it's yeah but that's it's, a harder team to manage well, well, but you know what I mean I don't, I don't think people realize you know forget about male female that's a big job in and of yes. itself. And, and you're managing both of those, which is hence why you won two awards. Yeah, you, you recently were recognized, uh, not once, but twice. Tell us, please. Yep, I, um, and again, this is not a, you know, know natural for me. It makes you uncomfortable and it you're does. smiling and it blinking does. For the people that are just listening to this, she's red as a tomato. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I won, I, I got nominated for uh, two awards recently, which was surprising to me. And I didn't even know I was being nominated for them. Um, but um, South Florida Business Journal Up and Comer Award, so they, you know, nominate kind of young professionals in the Tri County area. Well, you keep saying nominate. Did you win this award? Well, everybody wins. Well, yeah. you say no, no, but but there's something. So I, very, I won it. Okay. Yes, I. But won. understand, there's something very humble in the idea of speaking of nominated for was nominated for, as opposed to I was named or won. Yeah. And that says a lot. No, I, I, I like, like you, that. pay attention and observational, whether it be nonverbal communication or the words and the choices. That's a good one. That's There's a, a difference really between I and we. The difference between nominated and won. Yeah. Recognized and received. So there's a humbleness already. Me, 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 me versus we, 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 we. You know, I mean, right. nominated means I'm in a group of people who were. But it's subconscious. It's sub- yeah. subconsciously. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Subconsciously, yeah. you're already kind of um, not undermining, but downplaying the accomplishment. Right. Yeah, because I, I don't like taking credit for it because it's not my award. It's everyone. Like if I Whose didn't have the team. Who's, I don't care. Whose my name is on it. Okay. But if I didn't have the team that I have today. And awesome. yes, I play a part in that and I'm not diminishing that but if I don't have the exact team I have performing at the level that they're doing I would not be nominated or I would not be recognized whatever you want to say you know me individually so that's why I don't like the individual honors I'd much rather have a team award than to have an individual honor because I don't feel like I fully deserve it all like the, everybody needs to come up with me because everyone's contributing to the success and that's why the, when I say GKB for those that don't know that represents good karma brands that's a parent company of ESPN West Palm which Stephanie Prince, the guest today, is the market manager of. That incorporates the NBC, uh, WPTV, the Fox 29 Sports Departments, ESPN uh, 106.3 on the FM, the ESPN Deportes, the Spanish side of the radio there is that uh, makes its adjustment, the digital, the live events, the Boca Rotombo, all of the above. Um, that's what makes this culture it's, it's not dull. <laughs> it's not dull. It's never dull. There's a lot going on, that's for sure. I often say, whether it be on this podcast, um, or to people that approach me about this company or being here, or et cetera, I say, you know, ESPN West Palm 
doesn't have the greatest salespeople, doesn't have the slickest killer. I said, what they got is a lot of really, really just good people that they can teach because you can't teach people how to be good human beings. We've got really, really good people that care about partners, that care, that are personally and emotionally invested in the success, and you can teach them a little bit about how to sell as opposed to how to be You've good. said that right from the get-go. From Ever the since get-go. I got here, and that has... I recognize that's that That's true, that there have been people that have come through the doors to try and work here mm-hmm. who are top-notch salespeople who don't necessarily fit because mm-hmm. they would die in a culture like this because... Right. They're way too fast and way too ahead of it. Yeah. So. If it's not authentic, it's not going to work here, right? Correct. Like if you're just out for the sale and you're here, hey, I got to make my budget. Hey, can you give me two grand here or five grand here? And I just make my budget and I'm hitting my numbers. I don't want you. Right. Like that's great. You can produce, but I need you to be like an honest, true, authentic person that wants to be a part of the company and wants to be a part of our culture. And if that's not who you are, it that's fine. It's just not a good fit. Your company refers to its quote unquote sponsors or advertisers or clients as partners right that's a different way of thinking isn't it it means you're in it together doesn't it yeah i mean we change vocabulary in order to change your thinking and it sounds kind of crazy to say that but once you start saying things in a different way for me it was a little hokey up front yeah okay right you know what it rings true and you start believing it you know um yeah we call advertising clients and I use quotes partners mm-hmm. because really I mean if they're not successful like obviously we're not going to be helping them be successful and there's not going to be a long-term partnership right away. and they have friends and associates that also own and operate and make decisions for other companies and the best thing you can have is someone going man what great results I've had with this company as opposed to yeah they didn't care right like yeah we like hey maybe it worked for a little bit or we spent some money yeah we reach people who cares whatever I want people that, you know, our partners to feel that we're invested in them because we are, we're invested in their success. They're investing in us. We want to invest in them. I I think you're also invested in the people. I mean, one of the things I give you a lot of credit for is that when you were looking to add to the sales staff, I made a recommendation that my son take a look at this. And obviously we talked about the process and what you went through, but then the last thing came back to me and they go, of all the people, you know, why would you want him here? So they mm-hmm. were even questioning me about right. why would I put my son here? And I put him here for the exact reason she talks about. I wanted him in a process. I wanted him in. We're process people. I couldn't teach him that process. Mm-hmm. What's going on here makes young adults into quality you know, sales professionals. So it, it really is ideal for him. And he's flourishing because... For anybody who's listening and anybody that would want to work here, the the outs the in, intangibles mm-hmm. really make such a difference. To not feel threatened that you're going to lose your job every day, right. which happens right. in every sales organization. Yeah. You don't have any idea that culture, 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 and which is shocking to me that ESPN West Palm uh, market manager Stephanie Prince has really spent the last twenty-seven minutes giving herself credit for all of the culture. As opposed <laughs> she's to so Craig Carmazin, egotistic. Craig Carmazin, yeah. Steve Polzin, you know the kind of founding fathers. It's interesting that you've taken all my you ideas. You haven't mentioned them really once. Yeah, all my ideas. Who are they? <laughs> Craig Carmazin is an interesting guy. Yeah, he, he's the founder of this company. Um, he has a famous last name for those who don't understand broadcast and advertising, whose father said, listen, I'm not going to give you anything other than this education, this knowledge, this wealth of, you know, um, uh, resources to, to choose to pick for me. 
But Craig Carmison, to me, the story I love to tell is a kid who in the 10th grade told his mom for spring break he wanted to come to Boynton Beach, Florida. And she goes, oh, sounds great, Beach, Florida. And he goes, yeah, that's where the headquarters are for Sports Authority, and I want to go and visit the building and see how it operates. Yeah, that not, does, I did not know does that. Does that not explain? I mean, he's a 10th grade kid who wants to understand from the inside of how that operation operates. Yeah, Craig, I mean, is a different brain. Like, I... I don't even understand. I mean, we've invested in different companies between Verizon and we have, you know, an interior design firm. And somehow when he talks about it, it makes sense. And it, and it, and it, but from the beginning, if I were to ever, there's no way I could ever think about some of the things that he's thinking about and how to figure it out and make it work. But when he then tells you why and all that stuff, it just makes sense. But that's not for the normal human being to like, you know, have that you know, meet up and make sense like so, that. So one of the cool things about him, though, is that, and, and I've watched it and I've visited a bunch of the offices. I was at the meetings last summer, and here we are. We're at a lake at the back of his house, and we're just kind of eating and talking, and he's one of the people. And so he's lived, his vision has lived through everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is true of every business I'm in. Um, they call it the fish stinks from the head down, mm-hmm. which means if the leader is bad, yeah. the organization is rotten. He's a great leader. He mm-hmm. is open and he has great vision. And those are key things that he's instilled in the people like Stephanie who are leaders. They're not creating, you know, uh, in another organization I work with, we had Ron Hale on recently at Dex. They say, hey, we're not creating invalids. You know, you're creating people who can make mm-hmm. a decision and operate and flow. So when you when an intern comes here, they're more than likely to stay. Yeah, they stay forever. Well, yeah, that, you say yeah, like oh, that's normal. I mean, thirty percent of our workforce are you know former interns. One out of three of the yep. entire GKB workforce is someone who interned at some point during their college studies. Correct. Which is a remarkable, unbelievable. I mean, that, that's a farm system. That's major exactly league baseball right. and building a dynasty and recognizing. But it all begins with really good people who care about business partners who want to see them personally succeed who go above and beyond because that's the stuff you can't coach that's the stuff you can't teach and from there you can teach them how to go about the day-to-day business just not how to be a good soul you can teach the assets and what we have to offer to anybody i mean to most people right you can't teach the innate qualities that we are looking for in teammates when we hire we invest in people people are our number one asset so you know, when we're looking at people, that's why we put so much time and energy and effort into the interview process and then into the training program and everything because we're now investing time and energy into them. You know, we we need them to be successful because, you know, they're in our company now and we want them to be successful. Stephanie uh, oversees ESPN West Palm, which again is the Spanish on the AM, the ESPN uh, the number on one the station FM. in the group. I it is also yeah, yeah. the ESPN on the <laughs> FM. It also the sports departments on the NBC Thanks, affiliate, the Fox <laughs> affiliate, the Chair Bunny Broker Raton Bowl, all the live events and everything that comes with it. And also, uh, if you own an automotive group in Sacramento, California, or Bangor, Maine, doesn't matter, uh, she can get you digitally on the ESPN.com, on the app, wherever you may be, from right here um, in her friendly confines inside the uh, Flagler Point, excuse me, the uh, Flagler Drive um, uh, Towers. What's the Phillips name of this building? Phillips Point. You've been away for a while. Jet lag just caught me right there for a second. It just got, it caught me like a George Masvidal. No, I was like, what's the name of the building? What's the name of the street that we're on? But, uh, yeah. So I want to bring Seriously. up one, one other point. We don't have time, my friend. Just quickly, really yeah. fast. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the women's soccer team won. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's talking about them. There was a stat that blew my mind. The men make $400 million. Mm-hmm. The women make $30 mm-hmm. million. 
So this disparity that's happening that's a problem. in the world that's a problem. is a problem, and women have to fight through it. And so uh, our lady did it, man. So good for you. Congratulations. You. Stephanie Thanks. Prince, thank you for the time. Thank you. Pleasure. Steve, wrap it up with something good, as you always do. Tell them something good. I got two I got two things today. Number one is uh, my my son did his uh, radio de- debut yesterday with Mr. Levicka, and uh, he did an awesome job, and I'll be posting that. And the second thing is I was nominated to do a TED Talk. And that in my business, congratulations, is when and where? Uh, September twelfth in Boca. Fantastic. Uh, be me and four other speakers speaking about uh, communications overload. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. So, uh, so it should be fun. That's a you know a real uh, level of uh, established uh, success. So I'm really super congratulations. Excited about it, so thank you. That's yeah. something to be excited about. Uh, uh, thanks. Boom. Again, Stephanie Prince for Steve. Uh, it's Josh. Sam. Thanks for listening to the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. Uh, we'll catch you next time for episode 72. Tony Coley next week. Oh, President boy. of BB&T, baby. Oh, they seize you. Uh-oh. So long, everybody. <laughs>